0: It's important to know a person's identification and what they prefer to be
1: called. Right. That's always true for everyone. And maybe especially for people who've had their name, their homeland, their very being erased or ignored, threatened, diminished, but certainly not respected.
0: Welcome to the Shrinks on Third Psychology and Social Justice Podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. So, today, Julie and I are going to talk about an aspect of how white people erased Native American tribes. Although there's so much for us to learn about them and about that, we really can't do it full justice. Because as Europeans arrived and expanded settler territory in North America, the long existing Native American communities were moved, combined, dispersed, renamed, and even destroyed.
1: And today we'll talk about how they were renamed. I just want to say, though, repeatedly on this podcast, we've covered some American history that we should all know. But since it was about African Americans, many of us never learned it. We've been blind to so much of it because we didn't know what we didn't know. It wasn't taught in schools. It wasn't covered in the news. We had to go looking for it. So today, we're gonna cover some American history that pertains to Native Americans that most of us also don't know. I just wanna stress the fact that it's as much American history as what we were taught in school, but more reality-based and less whitewashed and we should all strive to know it. So today we're gonna start with the names of tribes. Here's why we're doing this episode.
0: Most of us have heard at least something about some of the largest Native American tribes on our continent, especially in the US. We've heard of the Navajo, the Cherokee, and the Great Sioux Nation. These nations are something most of us have heard of, finally, we actually learn in school a little about the Sioux and the Cherokee and the Navajo and even some others. Probably because these are some of the largest tribe in our nation. But guess what? There actually was no tribe ever named the Sioux. Sioux is an abbreviation for a word meaning enemy or snake that was shortened, it was learned by Native Americans and shortened by French people going west to trade with Native Americans, and they used it to refer to the large nation of tribal Americans that lived there.
1: Wait, the word Sioux means enemy or snake? That's that's pretty ugly, Cindy. White people call the Native Americans enemy or snake? That's very insulting.
0: Yeah, that was just for the Sioux, but in fact, if you look it up, you can find that Cherokee and Navajo are also not the names the people gave or what they call themselves. Of course, like so many code switchers, when they speak English, they've learned to use the names we all use to refer to them, though some some won't and they reject the names, you know, that were given to them by outsiders. I mean, would we? I guess if people called us something great, like those beautiful, great people or something instead of those Americans. But, hmm, let's see. The word Sioux being derived from a word meaning snake or enemies. Who would want that? Cherokee, No, Cherokee is a little better, maybe, derived from a word meaning people of different speech. And Navajo maybe comes out on top out of these three, being some derivative of a reference to the people who farm fields in the valley. Many of the people called this, though, still believed it had a negative connotation, and it's not a preferred name. I guess it's like those migrant workers or something like that. Like none of these seem like great names.
1: No, so basically all Native Americans are referred to by white people by tribal names that are not actually the names of their tribes. And then they've been expected to answer to those names.
0: Yeah, they're like names from the Native American language but they're of words. So they sound, they sound legit, you know? Yeah. At least to us. And maybe it wasn't all of them, but there was a lot of that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For example, the original people that lived in what became the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding areas where you and I live or work were the Leni Lenape, which is derived from the Native American words meaning real men. And it's what the tribe called themselves. So that's cool. And mm-hmm. I think most of us learned their true name, the Leni Lenape, although their homelands included what is now Delaware, New Jersey, Eastern PA and Southern New York. And the settlers called them the Delaware tribe because they had large settlements along the Delaware River, which was named after some guy named Lord Delaware, who was a white guy from England that founded Virginia, who founded Virginia.
1: So if they called them the Delaware tribes, they just took away whatever names they had for themselves actually. They came up with a name that wasn't even relevant to who they were and was based on their own needs to honor a white guy by naming an entire people after him. The audacity of those European settlers is hard to swallow. (laughs) Basically, all
0: of the first people, the people who were here first, seem to prefer us referring to their tribe if we are going to use these names as, for example, the great Sioux nation or the great Navajo nation, because at least that makes it sound positive and
1: somewhat reverent. That makes sense, especially when you come to learn about the tribes as people and some of their rich history and cultural life. Let's do a little overview of some of the major tribes. Although honestly, we can't cover the huge history of this country that we've barely been exposed to. The Sioux actually are an alliance of Native American tribes that speak three different languages, Lakota, Dakota and Nakota. For those who don't know already, and we didn't, a tribal band is a small egalitarian family-based group of up to about 50 people. A tribe is made up of a number of bands connected through a council of elders or other leaders and who share a common language, religious or spiritual beliefs, and other cultural stuff.
0: Originally, those we referred to now as the Sioux, migrated west from Minnesota. And they were nomads all around the plains. They followed the buffalo and lived in leather teepees, which were temporary shelter. I think we all know what teepees are, but what we might not realize is their importance to a nomadic tribe in that teepees are easy to fold, unfold, and carry, which allowed them to move around relatively quickly. The migration and movement of
1: these people was also greatly helped when the Spanish brought horses to the U.S. Oh, so the Spanish introduced Native Americans to horses.
0: I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
1: I suppose it was one of the better things the Europeans brought over here. Horses
0: did have a big impact on life for the people here. They were integrated into the culture, honored by stories and song. They impacted how hunting and fighting were carried out, and they came
1: to reflect prestige in tribal members. Hmm. So now to a different part of, the, of our race through <laughs> history to a different part of the country, the tribe we know as the Cherokee lived in what is now the southeastern part of the US um, and were strong hunters as well as excellent agriculturists. Their tribe like a few others was traditionally a matriarchy. This tribe could be found thriving in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Eastern Tennessee. Many from this nation like all First Peoples were pushed out of their homelands. And in this case, they were pushed onto land in Oklahoma by the Indian Removal Act. That's actually the name of it. This act was signed into law in 1830 by President Andrew Jackson. It arranged for Southern Native American tribes to be removed to federal territory west of the Mississippi. And you know why? So that white people could settle their ancestral lands to the east. Can you imagine like moving a people? Like just a
0: whole yeah people. Devastating. That was surely a law that Native Americans had no say in and it literally determined that they had to be relocated for the convenience of the white people in power.
1: It led to the forced wow. eviction of more than 16,000 people who first were sent, of course, It wasn't done in a nice way. They were first sent to roundup camps and then emigration camps. For the Cherokee, the journey to Oklahoma has been called the Trail of Tears. Over a thousand people died during the trip. Many deserted and several thousand likely died as a result of the forced move. It's tragic how terribly the American government treated Native Americans. Agreed. It was a sad, sad
0: part of our history. Europeans invaded this entire country where millions of people already lived, millions. In the Southwest, the Navajo lived mostly in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. The Navajo Nation is now the largest reservation in the United States, comprising about 25,000 square miles, about the, state of the, enti- about the size of the entire state of West Virginia. Generally speaking, Navajo don't live in villages like other Native American societies commonly do. They've always banded together in small groups, often near some source of water.
1: If you just stop and think about it, though, obviously those states didn't exist when the Navajo lived mostly in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. But now, rather than all that expansive area, they're in 25,000 square miles. It sounds really big, but it's actually so much smaller than where they originally were living. That's a good point. Traditionally, Navajos live in a thing called a Hogan, a circular cone-like structure made of logs or stone. They're um, pretty
0: cool. We saw some of the old ones on one of our Chips West.
1: Yeah, um, and the more modern version is a six-sided thing with a smoke hole in the center of the roof, and it's made out of wood or cement. Um, and the doorway typically faces the east to receive the blessing of the day's first rays of sun. I love that idea. I also love that traditionally
0: the Navajo were also a matriarchal society with descent and inheritance determined through one's mother. Hmm. We should do an episode about the matriarchal first people societies. Oh, we will. (laughs) Apparently Navajo women have traditionally owned the bulk of resources and property, such as livestock. And in cases of marital separation, women kept the property and the children. In cases of maternal death, children were sent to live with their mother's family. Traditional Navajo have a strong sense of family allegiance and obligation. I think that's true of, you know, all of them, just like most people, right? right. And you don't think of them as people who care about their families, but obviously they do. Yeah. Today. They're faced with large unemployment rates and acculturation to a more nuclear family structure similar to what supposedly is the normative family structure in the US, which isn't, but.
1: Yeah, and they also suffered really terribly from COVID over the past year. They've had so much tragedy. Yeah, it's been really bad.
0: Back in the day, the Sioux had a lot of power and did have some enemies amongst others with whom they sometimes fought for resources. They were known as great warriors. Calling them Sioux made sense from a competing tribe who may have been their enemy, but should never have been adopted by Europeans as a renaming situation. Like most groups, they held the family as the center of their life and their children were considered sacred. They generally called themselves Lakota or Dakota, which means friends, allies, or to be friendly. They didn't call themselves snakes. Or enemies, that's the opposite. (laughs) Various bands or tribes within the nation may call themselves by other names as well, positive names. Mm -hmm. But just because you're someone's enemy doesn't mean you should be referred to by everyone as enemy. (laughs) There Mm -hmm. goes enemy.
1: (laughs) 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 Ridiculous. Uh, I've heard Lakota more than Sioux recently, so maybe we're beginning to respect them enough, just barely, to use the name that they choose. Yeah, maybe. In a similar way, many
0: Cherokee prefer to be called the Ani Yunweah, and I really have to apologize. I have no idea like, the correct pronunciation, and I don't want to be irreverent. So the Cherokee prefer Ani Yunwia, which means the principal people, and the Navajo call themselves the Dine, which means the people. They all prefer these names to names that were given to them by the people that we've learned to call the European settlers, but who they refer to as the European invaders. A much more accurate term actually. Yeah. Various bands or tribes within the nations also may have other names they use to refer to themselves. And to be respectful, it's important to know a person's identification and what they prefer to be called.
1: Right, that's always true for everyone. And maybe especially for people who've had their name, their homeland, their very being erased or ignored, threatened, diminished, but certainly not respected. Some of the Lakota,
0: Ani Yunwea and Dine call themselves Sioux, Cherokee and Navajo because the terms have been around for so long, they've adopted them. But it's still offensive to be in a position to adopt a name given by someone else. And in this case, their name's coined for them by people who didn't necessarily like or care for them much. Should names even be given by people other than themselves? It's the difference between a name of how you see yourself versus how others see you. And it depends on who's looking. Well, (laughs) it's true, and
1: and lately in our, Overall culture, you know, we ask people how they refer, what pronouns they use. That's important. So, why wouldn't a name of a people be important? Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming when you think about it. I mean, it's so wrong. White people just took whatever they wanted. It's so unfair and it's gone on for so long. It's hard to figure out what should be done. Uh, But at the very least, we should honor places that were the homes for Native Americans before they were removed, killed made sick by illnesses carried by Europeans, etc., With the original names with which they refer to themselves, we need to find ways to honor them and their history. And I did not realize this, but there are over 5 million
0: Native Americans in the United States. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And 78% of them live outside of reservations.
1: California, Arizona, Oklahoma, they all have the largest populations of Native Americans in the US.
0: Yeah, and they've all endured centuries of forced movement, assimilation. They were There were actually federal laws preventing them from practicing their own culture up until 1978. Wow. So really whenever possible, it seems like Native Americans prefer to be called by their original tribal names.
1: Absolutely. It's their right to be, and it would be really good if we could get the tribal names right. Exactly,
0: Indigenous people of the Great Sioux Nation may prefer to be called Lakota. You have to find out. Mm-hmm. Cherokee people may prefer to be called Ani Yunwia, or there's also other names. I guess depending on, you know, their band or where exactly they're from, like Kituwa or Salagi, and Navajo may prefer Dine. Just like any other name you call someone, get their preference and do your best to get it
1: right. Yeah. In addition, it's really important to think about reparations. There was endless European settlement and growing U.S. territory created by U.S. government policies that deprived Native Americans of their freedom, of their way of life and well-being, and made them less than in so many ways. The many, many re- dislocations deceitful deals, genocides, years of persecution that have come from white invaders, they need to be recognized, acknowledged, and responded to. It's
0: true, Julie. Native Americans have struggled over land and culture in our country since the first white invaders stepped foot on North America.
1: Reparations can vary according to needs and desires. There's 574 federally recognized tribes now. Each, as we've tried to demonstrate in our brief overview discussion, each is unique. All could use our recognition and support. To find out more, you can go
0: to the Land Reparations and Indigenous Solidarity Action Guide at resourcegeneration.org. There's also the American Indian College Fund at collegefund.org and the Association of American Indian
1: Affairs at indian-affairs.org. You can also check out the National Indian Council on Aging and the Native American Heritage Association. Or the Native American Rights Fund and the National Indian Child Care Association. Also, you can visit the National Museum of the American Indian at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. There's also one in New York City. And if you want to see some amazing pictures, go to the site wilderness.org and look at photos of Native American cultural sites in protected public lands. So
0: overall, we're saying that there's a lot you can do to learn about indigenous people, um, their history, what is happening to them today and to um,
1: help out in some way. And to support them,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on 3rd. Till next time. Take care.